to Bodyholic with D, episode number seven. If you are new to the Bodyholic sphere, allow me to introduce myself. My name is D. Katz-Shachar, and I am a public health promoter. I attained my MPH from Tel Aviv University on the research track, and I am a fitness trainer with over 17 years of experience and specializations in corrective exercise, women's fitness, and Pilates. I am also the founder and trainer of Bodyholic, the global health and fitness platform and community, and I'm the author of the book, Rip It Up for Good. This podcast is a part of my effort and mission as a public health professional because I believe that real science-based information and knowledge is power, and my job in this life is to empower you. I want you to have high and sustained energy throughout the day, and I want you to feel better than you've ever felt before, during, and after your workouts, in and out of your clothes, and not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. So today's episode is part two of a series devoted solely to hypertrophy. Basically, I have broken down the types of hypertrophy into three episodes that are quite technical, and for the purpose of making sure we really get it, I have kept the episodes very short clear and concise, I hope. I am of the strong opinion that basic scientific understanding of what goes on when we do certain things drives us to perform better. So before we dive into hypertrophy part two, I just want to ask you how your training is going. What does it look like right now? Do you work out in a gym? Do you train with a personal trainer? Do you do group fitness in a studio or are you like me, which means that you like working out hyper-focused in the privacy of your living room with minimal equipment? Personally, before I started Bodyholic, I didn't even think of what I was going to wear and it was all about getting the workout in and training hard. So I was even usually in my underwear. Now, the only thing that has changed is that I'm slightly more clothed, but I do stick very closely to the schedule and I waste no extra time in the day. And if you are into training with me according to my schedule with a community of incredible human beings from around the globe, check out bodyholic.fit. And also, I want you to know that there are plenty of people who train on Bodyholic and do not follow my schedule. And they go right into the Pilates channel or the Mindfulness Strength Flow channel. So that's absolutely fine. Now, in part one of the series, we talked about how hypertrophy of the muscle is actually a super duper complicated process that is still being deeply researched and studied. There are actually a few approaches regarding my muscle hypertrophy until this day. So... Right now, it's the beginning of 2023, and about 12 years ago, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, who is a giant in the sphere of strength and conditioning research, presented three theories of muscle growth. These theories are divided into the following groups. So we have one, the mechanical tension, two, muscle damage, and then we have three, which is metabolic stress. As we have discussed in part one, mechanical tension 
is highly backed up by evidence more than the other two theory groups. But muscle damage seems to have a role and so does metabolic stress. But what exactly that role is, is actually a source of debate with scholars. So now I also want to mention that this series, this entire three-part series is based on the top study published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research by Dr. Schoenfeld titled, The Mechanisms of Muscle Hypertrophy and Their Application to Resistance Training. Okay. We know that muscle growth entails major dedication. It entails repetition and a ton of patience that must be poured into the process just for us to just notice visual increases in muscle mass. And unfortunately, that can be pretty frustrating. And a lot of people call it quits when it comes to just their attempts to reach fitness and health goals. So if not for any other reason, I think today's episode is really important so we can understand the muscle hypertrophy process and then come to some conclusions regarding recommendations. So I briefly clarified what I mean when I discuss muscle hypertrophy in part one of the hypertrophy series. Just to recap, I'm talking about the growth of existing muscle fibers. We also discussed the complex anatomy of the muscle. We also discussed satellite cells and how they are actually a great contributor to muscle hypertrophy. The three primary types of hypertrophy defined in the literature are myofibrillar, sarcoplasmic, and connective tissue hypertrophy. Today, we will discuss the sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So let's turn to Schoenfeld's review, the review that inspired and provides much of the science for this series. However, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is actually the type of hypertrophy that Schoenfeld very briefly discusses in his review, as opposed to the others. Here's the deal. Sarcoplasmic hypertrophy has not been as deeply researched as the other two types. The definition of sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is essentially the increase in the sarcoplasm of muscle fibers, which is essentially everything except for the myofibrils. So as opposed to the myofibrillar hypertrophy that we discussed in part one, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is more like filling up the muscle cell with more of the aqueous portion, kind of like filling up a plastic bag or a balloon with water. I want to be clear, we are not talking about the increase in the contractile elements of the muscle. In fact, there is uh, really interesting published literature describing the result of participants training for six weeks with high-volume resistance training. And they actually ended up with reduced myosin and actin, the contractile elements, despite the fact that there was actually an increase in the size of muscle fibers. What they found was sarcoplasmic expansion, which does include an increase in energy-producing proteins. 
So they found an increase in muscle fibers, but it wasn't due to the contractile proteins. Instead, it was thanks to the augmented sarcoplasmic fraction of the muscle fibers, the aqueous area. The same researchers from the aforementioned study suggested in a later paper published in 2020 that sarcoplasmic hypertrophy might be an initial stage for early phases of radial fiber growth. Basically, they hypothesized that sarcoplasmic hypertrophy preps for the myofibrillar hypertrophy, such as creating the space needed for more myofibrils. This is speculation at this point, and the research is pretty fresh. So I say let's wait for more data to confirm or refute the role of sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and felt that you benefited from it, please let me know and let other people know so that they can benefit from it as well. Word of mouth is crucial. I know making lifestyle changes may seem daunting at first, but go slow, go small. I know you've got this. And I want to thank you so much for joining me in today's discussion.